You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Friday, September 17th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. The Locked On NFL Draft podcast relaunches September 20th with brand new hosts. Eric Crocker brings the player scouting. Ryan Tracy brings the analytics. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. This Sunday, the Jets play their home opener against the AFC East rival New England Patriots. Joining me today to talk about the game is my good friend and a friend to this podcast, a guy who's appeared many times through the years, Michael Nania, who works with JetsXFactor.com, a great website you should read for outstanding analysis on the New York Jets. Michael, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about this game. Thanks so much for having me. Always great to come on. Well, Michael, I think we have to begin with Zach Wilson, and I guess maybe we'll look back to his first game against Carolina before we look forward to New England. What were your thoughts on Wilson's performance in week one? Yeah, I thought it was a really promising uh, debut for him because I think he was faced with the biggest question that most of us had for him coming out of BYU, and that's how is he going to perform when he has to face pressure, when he has to carry the team, when things aren't going well around him? Because as good as his tape was at BYU, and he made plenty of tight window throws, deep throws, NFL throws, he was protected really well there. He had a lot of huge pockets to throw from. The pressure was infrequent. Um, so that was the biggest question. And then in the preseason, the Jets did a great job supporting him, and he did not have to face a ton of pressure um, and you know, had to deal with a ton of havoc. So he comes out in his debut against Carolina, and all of a sudden, the Jets' offensive line, which looked like it could potentially be, still could, it was only one game, potentially be a decent unit this year, maybe league average or slightly below, comes out and it looks just like the units we've seen the past three years with this team. An absolute atrocity, getting pressure from every which way, unblocked players off the edge, blitz is not getting picked up, stunts not getting picked up, every player losing battles one-on-one. Um, and he gets pressured on over half his dropbacks, the second highest rate in the league. Um, and under that pressure, he did make his share of rookie mistakes, but for the most part, he handled it really well and delivered a lot of very good tight window, low percentage throws on the money. Some of those drops, specifically the first quarter bomb to Elijah Moore. Um, but for the most part, the way he handled the pressure in his NFL debut on the road after really never having to deal with that level of pressure either in this year's preseason or BYU last year um, was extremely impressive. And it just showed that he has that carry the team type of ability that you want a franchise quarterback to have. Obviously, this stage of his career, you don't want to ask him to be doing that or else he's going to develop bad habits. We saw the whole how things played out with Sam Darnold. But down the line, you do want your franchise quarterback to be able to do things like this. Can he make the team competitive, keep them in games when nothing else is working? That's exactly what he did in this game. The Jets end up losing by one score um, despite having absolutely nothing going for them offensively for most of the game um, because he was able to fight through and forge a couple of long scoring drives in the second half despite, especially on the last drive of the game, 
getting hit or getting hit or pressured almost every single time on those last couple scoring drives. Um, so that's franchise quarterback type of ability. So for him to show that in his first game was really promising. And again, not act like he was perfect. There are things he can do better. Um, there are moments under that pressure where he did throw pass, you know, take sacks that he should have thrown away or try passes he shouldn't have tried. And hopefully with time that does get ironed out. But for the most part, the way he answered the pressure in a situation where the Jets offense around him was not playing well at all um, was very impressive. And I think you said the key phrase, that's fight through. And I think as much as anything, what I was impressed by was that he shook off the mistakes that he made. You know, he threw that interception in the first half. He was taking hits all game long. Yet in the second half, he led some touchdown drives and made some really impressive throws. And only one game, but I can't help but compare it to Sam Darnold last year because I felt like practically every week, Sam Darnold would get off to a decent start. Sometimes he'd lead the Jets to a scoring drive at the beginning. But then around the second quarter, there would always be some big mistake, and Darnold just, you could tell it, it impacted him for the rest of the game. Like that one mistake would cause him to lose all his confidence. Things would snowball on him. And one of the things I look for in a quarterback is when nothing's working for you, when you've made mistakes, that it doesn't destroy you, that you figure out a way to shake it off and still lead the team, even in days where you're facing great adversity. So I don't want to read too much into one performance, but that I think as much as anything is what I liked about Wilson's performance against Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. Because mistakes are going to come no matter who you are. And I think it's important. And this is an ability that with Darnold was kind of sold to us as one of his top traits when he came in that he was the type of quarterback who could play aggressively, make a mistake, and then come right back out and bounce back from it. And, you know, in his debut, he actually did show that because he comes out on his first play and makes an awful mistake with that 6-6 against Detroit, then comes back and plays an efficient game, and the Jets end up winning against the Lions in that Monday night game. But it's not a trade that he was able to end up showing consistently. Like you said, I think last year was really the pinnacle of it because especially towards the end of last season, I feel like he really did start to overreact to his mistakes and kind of lose some of the confidence and magical aggressive ability that he kind of flashed over his first couple of years. And he sort of devolved into a game managing type of quarterback to, uh, to a detrimental level because the Jets, you know, he kind of got the turnovers down near the end of last year. They won a couple games, but they weren't putting up points or moving the ball. He was just an ultra-conservative quarterback because he began to overreact to those mistakes. So for Zach Wilson in this game to show that opposite trajectory where it was a rough first half, it just had nothing going. Um, and, and he actually you know, was starting to get a rhythm going. He hit that big 30-plus-yard pass to Corey Davis. Then the interception comes after that. Then following that, things really start to file. Um, he almost threw an interception on his next pass after that, took a few sacks. Um, so for things to go downhill and then for him to be able to – and this is also a good uh, good time for the coaching staff as well, for them to adjust and stay with it in the second half, another thing the Jets have not been able to do in recent years. Uh, so for him and the coaching staff to adjust and get back into a game where they had – it seemed like they were on their way to a 30 nothing blowout. It, it really did. So for them to come back in the second, in the latter portion of the third quarter and then the fourth um, and forge those, two, forge those two drives was really impressive. And the thing about that last quarter, fourth quarter drive is it wasn't a garbage time type of drive, the way it was put together. Sometimes 
you'll see teams climb back into a game and narrow the margin, but it takes them a long time. They're just checking the ball down, thinking and dunking, because other team gives it to them for free. But that's not what this last drive was at all. Um, Wilson was getting pressured on every single play, and he was making money throws. The throw to Mims, while taking a shot to his chest was incredible. Um, he made a great throw to Elijah Moore on that drive that was canceled out. Um, his throw to Barrios on fourth and eight was great. Um, so his ability to bounce back in the second half, adjust, and stay confident after the mistakes was very impressive. This week, a bit of a different challenge, and maybe it's just the memories through the years that are bothering me right now, but I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a part of me that, was, that wasn't nervous about Wilson facing Bill Belichick, because I've seen what Bill Belichick can do to rookie quarterbacks. What are you expecting out of Wilson this week? Yeah, absolutely. The track record of Belichick against rookie quarterbacks is uh, it, it's been too consistent over too many years for it to be ignored as a fluke. He just has the number of rookie quarterbacks. Even last year, Justin Herbert played him in probably the best rookie quarterback season of all time, if not one of the best. And he was absolutely annihilated by the Patriots. And Tua and the Dolphins did beat him last year. Um, and that is one thing. I was looking at some Belichick numbers against rookie quarterbacks, and there is a big difference between home and away. Uh, the way that they performed against him. He's never lost to a rookie quarterback in Foxborough, but um, over the past 10 seasons, or actually 11 seasons since 2010, um, rookie quarterbacks at home are 4-4 four and four against him. So at home, they have done better. I think that will help out Wilson in this game significantly. And the Patriots, who have a rookie quarterback of their own on the other side, will be making his first start on the road. Um, so that those two aspects should balance things a little bit, but um, he, Wilson's going to see a lot of pressure in this game. They're going to test out this offensive line after the issues went through last week with no Makai Beckton out there. Um, but I think it can work in the Jets' favor if Wilson is ready for it and can identify matchups pre-snap because they're going to bring the pressure. They're going to have man-to-man matchups on the outside. Stephon Gilmore is not out there. And when Gilmore hasn't played for this team, their pass defense has not been nearly as good as it has been when he's been out there. We even saw it last season when Joe Flacco played against the Patriots. There was no Stephon Gilmore um, and Rashad Perriman, Denzel Mims, Crowder, Flacco go off with a really good game against that defense without Stephon Gilmore. So um, the pressure is going to be there, but if Wilson can respond to it and know where he needs to go to football, find good matchups, I think the Jets wide receivers could have a chance to win those one-on-ones, and Wilson's just got to be able to find them. But it's going to be really tough because the track record uh, it's proven. Rookie quarterbacks against Belichick have been smothered for the most part. So we'll definitely learn a lot about him. And, you know, I just remembered that if you go back one year from 2010 in 2009, the Jets played New England week two with Mark Sanchez. Right. And they beat, yep. they beat New England. So, you know, there, I guess there is some precedent. I'm not sure how relevant that game is here in 2021. But hopefully Zach Wilson is preparing for this game effectively and maybe he's doing it by eating some built bars built bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market there are nine delicious flavors and if you haven't tried all the flavors yet and you don't know what you like you can get a mixed box where you get two each of the nine flavors not only are the flavors the best tasting they're healthy too so go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order again it's promo code locked 15 
L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at Built, B-U-I-L-T, dot com. Talked about some of the matchups the Jets could have in the passing game that could favor them, receivers versus corners. Is there any corner in particular you think the Jets should go after on New England Any or any matchup between a specific Jets receiver and a specific Patriots corner that you think could be particularly favorable? Well, it's interesting because J.C. Jackson has, you know, he's established himself as one of the better corners in the league the past few years. He's put up great numbers and been a part of the Patriots defense, really consistently being one of the best past defenses in the league. Had nine interceptions last year. Um, but, you know, with Gilmore being out, I was looking at his numbers and New England's numbers uh, in games without Gilmore versus with him. And Jackson has had a huge difference in his production when Gilmore hasn't been out and hasn't been out there last year in five games without Gilmore. He gave up almost 70 yards a game and four touchdowns in five games. Two of those were against the Jets um, in that Monday night game. Um, and then in the opener this year, he, he gave up, uh, I believe, 67 yards to the Dolphins. Um, then without um, Von Gilmore last year, only gave up about 20 yards a game. So Jackson is a really good player. Has established himself as such, but with a small sample of games where Gilmore hasn't been there, he's been thrust into that top role. He's been exposed a little bit, and he's given up a lot of production. So I think he's a guy who, against Corey Davis, could, you know, potentially be exposable. We saw Rashad Perriman beat up on him in that game last season. So um, I think he's a guy who is someone who you might fear on paper, but without Gilmore, isn't as intimidating as he typically has looked throughout his Patriots career, and Gilmore has been there. On the offensive line versus this New England pass rush, is there any specific matchup you look at and you say, the Jets need to win this matchup? Well, it's going to be interesting without um, Makai Beckton out there. You're going to have George Fan at left tackle now, Morgan Moses at right tackle. Um, and I, I thought Moses looked really good once he got out there. He was, um, you know, per, you know, on a per-snap basis, obviously he didn't play much. But I think he was their best lineman in that game. Uh, he really didn't make, other than the one penalty, um, which was a big one where he lined up uh, too far off the line. Other than that, in terms of blocking in both phases, he looked good. So I'm interested to see him in his starting debut. Um, then Fan at left tackle. Maybe it's a better fit for him. He started to play a little, a little bit better once he got to that spot. Um, it's what he played in Seattle. So, um, But we'll see. But this is an interesting New England front. Matt Judon had a pretty good debut for them. Um, Kyle Van Noy is back over there. Um, so they're linebackers and edge rushers, and, and the Patriots still do what they've always done, kind of have that versatility between their linebackers and their edge guys, um, those hybrid-type players who cover a lot, but they can pass rush a lot, and just plays into the confusion that Belichick creates, especially for rookie quarterbacks with his blitzing and the way that he mixes and matches things. Um, but those guys did a pretty good job in their first game against Miami. Um, Van Noyne, his return to New England, and then Judon as their big defensive free agent addition. So those two guys, um, not just for the tackles on the edge, but also just picking up blitzes. Those guys loop inside when the Patriots are stunts at them um, because the Jets have to do a much better job. Connor McGovern, Greg Van Roten, Elijah Fair Tucker as well had a rough debut in pass protection, although he's great in the run game. Um, they have to do a better job picking up stunts and blitzes. And also, the tight ends have to do better in pass protection. They were a huge part of the, the pressure of Loudon Wilson in that opener, especially Ryan Griffin. 
um, so they have to do better as well. And Jets need to get the run game going. That was a big problem against Carolina. It seemed like they were constantly getting themselves in bad downs and distances because they simply could not establish the run. And I mean, I'm not sure anything I can say analytically aside from they need to block better, but they just need to run the ball more effectively in this game where the offense is going to be in trouble, I think. Yeah, for sure. And and you could tell that, you know, LaFleur wants to run this offense through the run game. He wants to establish that first, then run play action off of it. And it took him a long time in the Panthers game to kind of admit that the run game wasn't working and then ditch it um, and go to the passing game a little bit more heavily. But if they're going to be successful for four quarters, get a lead, keep a lead, stack successful drives for four quarters, they're going to have to be able to run the ball effectively. Uh, and 2.6 yards per carry against the Panthers is not going to do it. And it really goes across the line. Like I said, I think Eric Tucker was really promising in the run game against the Panthers, but Connor McGovern and Greg Van Roten, those two guys in particular, have to be a lot better. But I go back to the tight ends again. Ryan Griffin gave up a lot of run stuffs in this game, blocked very badly. He was a huge part uh, of the struggles in both phases in terms of the blocking. So tight ends, uh, specifically Griffin, because I think uh, Teron Wesco and Tyler Cross are pretty good. But Griffin's got to be better. Um, I, I do think there is a little bit of hope for this run game, though, because a lot of the stuff that I saw wasn't necessarily a full-on mess. It was just consistently there would be a few good blocks but one guy would mess up really badly, and that one defender would be the one that comes into the backfield and makes the play. So I think the remnants, you know, the early signs of a good run-blocking unit were there, but it never just all came together at once. You, you got a couple of good runs from Coleman, Ty Johnson, but obviously not enough of that. So it was just rare for everything to click at once, and it only takes one guy losing a block to let a defender blow up the play, and I think there was a lot of that. But there were signs of uh, something positive, specifically from Barrett Tucker, Moses when he got in there. Um, so I think that the potential is there, and we'll see if they can do it against the Patriots this week. Now let's talk about the other side of the ball. The Jets are not the only team with a rookie quarterback in this game. It will be Mac Jones's second career start. What do you think the keys are for the Jets defensively to slow down Joe Jones and this New England offense? Yeah, Mac Jones has been really impressive. I mean, I think it would be objective to say that him and Wilson, including the preseason and the first week of the regular season, have been the two most impressive rookie quarterbacks so far. Um, he just looked very poised in that offense, making great decisions, not afraid to check the ball down when it's the right play, but also his deep accuracy has been incredible. So I, I think that is where he's most dangerous. What, what makes him a high floor type of guy how willing he is to check the ball down, his decision-making. But he does have, I think, game-breaking ability with his deep ball. So I think that's where the Jets have got to be careful. Um, and, and the Jets should protect the sidelines pretty well with the way that they play defense with their corners on the outside, funneling most of it inside. But um, the safeties with, again, you're going to have some more backups out there, whether it's Gerard Wilson, Sheldrick Red, Redwine, the guy who got toasted and Robbie Anderson's touchdown. Um, they got to be careful. I think Mac Jones, whether it's Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, I think these guys, the potential is there for them to make some big plays down the field. But um, I think as long as they take that away um, and, and they can force Jones into just thinking and dunking, checking it down, then they could be successful because 
their tackling was pretty good in the secondary, really across the defense. They made tackles in the open field, the Jets did, um, and didn't give up big plays after contact. I think that's something they did well. So if you can force Joe, if you can, if they do continue to do that, then they do sustain that ability. Um, and you could force them to continue checking the ball down, just keep them in short games. Um, then I think they should be able to keep the New England offense in check for the most part. Because even with the big mistakes they made against Carolina last week, giving up the Robbie touchdown, um, they gave up a few more big passing plays. Um, just by making them play sort of dink and dunk football the whole game, then holding up in the red zone a few uh, three times, they were able to limit Carolina to 19 points, even despite everything that they went through. So if they can do that again and just take the big plays through the air away, um, the big bombs down the field, then I feel like they should be able to hold them relatively in check. And you said it, the Jets tackled well last week. And one of the things that I loved is I saw some things that you saw, you used to see with the 49ers or the Seahawks, both teams Robert Sally used to coach for. Guys just kept flying to the ball. If somebody was making a tackle, there was always a second guy coming in in case the tackle was broken. You know, I just saw good fundamentals in a way that maybe I haven't seen a, from a Jets defense in years. Yeah, for sure. And it was just across the defense. You know, there are issues they have to iron out. The um, the linebackers outside of Mosley were not filling their gaps great in the run game. That gave up some first-level yardage to McCaffrey. That's why he averaged almost five yards a carry. Um, the big passing plays, got to bring those down, although the main culprits of those were Redwine and Adrian Colbert, guys who he just brought in. But other than that, the, like you said, guys were getting to the football quick. They were finishing tackles really well, whether it was um, Brandon Eccles had a good hit. Um, I believe Jacqueline Guidry made one. Bryce Huff and Franklin Myers in the backfield. Guys are making great tackles in the open field. So that is definitely a characteristic that, if they can maintain throughout the season, can help them make up for a lot of the other deficiencies that they have. And especially in the secondary, if those guys are going to keep tackling like that, um, they can be a good unit this year, at least a decent unit this year with the potential to build off it going forward. Um, so the tackling last week was very good, and I think that should help them against a New England offense that, um, you know, figures to throw the ball to the tight ends and running backs a lot and be a methodical offense, similar to the Panthers were last week. I was just about to bring up the linebackers for the Jets because, as you just said, New England's going to throw the ball to the tight ends and the running backs quite a bit. And I think that the linebackers are some of the key players for the Jets this weekend. And you saw over the course of the offseason, they wanted to get fast at linebacker. They drafted some college safeties, moved them there. C.J. Mosley dropped weight to become more mobile. On paper, you know, you think that this is the reason the Jets did it for a team like New England. I guess the question is, can they get out there and perform this weekend? Yeah, and it's going to be interesting because it's another position where you have an injury with Jamie and Sherwood out. Uh, and they signed B.J. Goodson from the Browns, which I think is a, a good signing for the short term. He's a guy who has who put up good coverage numbers with the Browns last season, um, so should be able to help them in that area. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup for them. Mosley has to have a bounce-back game, although I think this is where he'll do better because in his first game he wasn't terrible. But McCaffrey got him a few times. He beat him on an angle route, um, was able to get a couple uh, first downs and underneath catches. But McCaffrey's McCaffrey. He does that to most linebackers he matches up against. Um, 
But against tight ends, I think Mosley is a good matchup, and that's where his athleticism will really benefit him. I think he can, um, against Hunter Henry and John Smith, really match up with those guys, and we'll see if Goodson can help out. Um, Hans and Nazarene should get some matchups against them as well, playing on the weak side. Um, you know, well, he'll be on the weak side, but they can deploy him a lot of different ways like they did in the first game. He primarily played on the weak side away from the tight ends, while Mosley was the strong side. Sam linebacker on the tight end side. Um, but Nazarene Green did end up getting put into situations when linebackers came across the field. And for the most part, he did a good job in coverage, although his run defense struggled. Um, he struggled against the run. But, uh, yeah, the linebackers against the tight ends is um, going to be huge for them in coverage because we've seen over the years against New England how their tight ends have destroyed this team. But the Jets, I don't think, have had the potential in coverage at linebacker that they do right now. They've had a lot of something linebackers. They had Darren Lee, who they drafted to be that coverage guy, but that didn't pan out. Um, but with Mosley, I think his coverage ability has always been high level, especially against tight ends, um, despite struggling against McCaffrey last week. Uh, and then I think that's why you draft a guy like Hanson Nazaldine to be able to give you these, um, to be able to help you with matchups like this defensively, to be able to take on those tough assignments. So um, this is going to be a key matchup for sure. Michael and I are about to make predictions for this week two game between the Jets and the Patriots. We're doing it for fun, but if you want to put money down on football, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Michael, it is that time. How do you see this game playing out? And do the Jets even their record at one and one? Look, I feel weird predicting this game now because I felt like going into the Panthers game just based on the matchup that they'd win that one and lose to New England. But now I kind of feel like that they'll beat New England just because I don't see them starting 0-2 because I feel like there's enough there to where they can come out on top at home against another team starting a rookie quarterback, um, especially because I think New England's offensive line didn't play as well as projected in the first game. Stephon Gilmore's not playing. Um, and just matchup-wise, I don't think the Patriots look – as much of a tough matchup for the Jets now as they did before the season. Um, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll take the Jets in a close one, 21-20 there. I, I think that's fair. I think you just said everything I was going to say. I think I'm also taking the Jets for a lot of the same reasons. Now, if the Jets lose this game, um, it might be a while before I pick them again because I picked them last week as exactly. well. I was thinking the same thing as you. I was thinking they'll, they'll probably beat Carolina and then maybe lose to New England. And for a lot of the same reasons you just mentioned, so I won't repeat them, I kind of just have a gut feeling that we're going to see something good this weekend. Anyway, Michael, thank you so much for joining me today. Always great to chat with you, my friend. Thanks so much for having me. That's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it where podcasts are found and leave it a five-star review. Have a great weekend, enjoy the game, and on Monday we will talk about what happened in week two between the Jets and the Patriots.